Our text for today is going to be out of the book of Luke. And we're going to look at Luke chapter 11, chapter 11, verses 37 through 54. Now, I invite you to read along with me in your Bibles. And I ask you to read along with me because this is a rather long read. Luke 11, verse 37 through 54. And as he spoke, a certain Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and sat down to eat. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before dinner. But the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees make the outside of the cup and dish clean, but your inward part is full of greed and wickedness. Foolish ones, did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But rather give alms of such things as you have, then indeed all things are clean to you. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs, and pass by justice and the love of God. These things you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplace. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like graves which are not seen, and the men who walk over them are not aware of them. Then one of the lawyers answered him and said, Teacher, by saying these things, you reproach us also. And he said, Woe to you also, you lawyers, for you load men with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. In fact, you bear witness that you approve the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed killed them, and you build their tombs. Therefore, the wisdom of God also said, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill and persecute. That the blood of all the prophets, which was shed from the foundation of the world, may be required of this generation. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the temple, Yes, I say to you, it shall be required of this generation. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves, and those who were entering in you hindered. And as he said these things to them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to assail him vehemently and in cross-examine him about many things lying in wait for him and seeking to catch him in something he might say that they might accuse him. Verse 40, Jesus calls them foolish ones. And that uh, term came up in our class this morning. What do you think about when you hear the term fool? Probably about someone doing something that gets them in trouble that they should have easily seen a negative result coming from. And we see this all the time. It's a popular uh, topic in stories, books, 
television, films, the internet. We see all sorts of dumb things being done. People complain that governments are run by fools, but that's a different problem. At the same time, none of us wants to be thought of as a fool. Yet, most of us have played the fool at times. Doing or saying something foolish in the heat of the moment, perhaps pressed for time, not having a full understanding of the situation, or even due to social involvement. A couple of examples from the news I'll read you. Back in 1995 in West Chapel, Florida, Joseph Aaron, who was age 20 at the time, was repairing a car, and he found he needed to put a hole in a pipe. He could not find his drill, so he tried to shoot a hole in it, and he hit his leg with the fragments of the bullet when it ricocheted. In Canada, a man was cleaning a bird feeder on the balcony of his condominium, and he fell 23 stories to his death. The police report read, Stefan Mako, 55, was standing on a wheeled chair Sunday when this accident occurred, said Inspector R.C. Honer of the Peel Regional Police. It appears the chair moved and he went over the balcony. One of those freak accidents, reported Inspector Honer. No foul play. Mark showed me a quip last week, and it went something like this. The pessimist sees a dark tunnel. The optimist sees a light at the end of the tunnel. The realist sees a train entering the tunnel. And the train engineer sees three fools standing on the track. If we only thought about it more, if we only knew a little bit more about the situation, perhaps we would have done something different and not been foolish. Now, when I hear the word fool, I instantly think of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 22. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Rekha, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Well, in this particular context, what Jesus is showing is that all of our insults are sinful and our derogatory and depreciatory expressions against our fellow humans find their origin in a heart full of anger and hatred. But what else does the Bible say about this word? We find that the Bible speaks of this problem in great length. The word fool occurs 62 times in the King James Version in the books of Samuel and Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Jeremiah, Luke, and Corinthians. Now, the book of Proverbs especially has a lot to say about foolishness. This morning we will focus a little bit on learning how not to be fools. One of the problems with fools, and that is mentioned in the definition of the word, is that a fool is a person who refuses to learn. Proverbs 1, verse 22. Wisdom is discussing the fact that she has tried to get people's attention to teach them how to live better. She says in verse 22, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? 
for scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. It isn't that the fool is incapable of learning, it's just they don't see the need. Often we find they despise good advice, and they reject correction because they don't see any need to change. Proverbs 15, verse 5 says, A fool despises his father's instruction, but he who receives reproof is prudent. A father's instruction proceeds from love, and it is folly and ingratitude to despise it. But some children are such enemies of themselves that they will break the spirits of their affectionate parents by shunning the admonitions that are needed for their own welfare. Often we will see that the foolish person acts like they're listening, but we know because nothing changes that they were not hearing what was being said at all. And this can be a very serious problem. Take a look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 26. Matthew 7, verse 26. Now everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. The person was foolish because they were not thinking ahead. It's foolish that when we hear God's words, when Jesus tells us what we need to do, and we do not do those things, we are not thinking ahead. The fool ends up walking in darkness. He does not see the problems around him because he refuses to learn. He doesn't want to see them. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 14 says this, The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. Yet I myself perceive that the same event happens to them all. And Jesus said this too in Matthew 7, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house. But the house of the wise man stood and the house of the foolish man fell. The same events happened to both. Inevitably, of course, the fool will reveal that he is a fool. Take a look at Proverbs 13, verse 16. Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but the fool lays open his folly. A person who does not want to learn eventually exposes that there's not much going on in their head except their own selfish thoughts. And a fool is more interested in being heard. The fool thinks they have something interesting to say. And they think that because they have what they have to say is important to them, it is because it's their thoughts that they have to go ahead. They're not interested in understanding anyone else's thoughts. They want to spout their own ideas. Proverbs 18, verse 2. A fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. Easy enough to recognize this because once their jaw starts flapping, we realize there's nothing of substance that is present. Take a look at Proverbs 12, verse 23. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims foolishness. In a real sense, a fool's native language is folly. Proverbs 15, verse 2, the tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. 
The problem is he doesn't have anything worth saying. He never learned, he never grew, and he never has done much of anything other than lived his own life. The fool typically makes up for the lack of content with the quantity of words. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5 at verse 2, it says, Do not be rash with your mouth, and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven, and you are on earth, therefore let your words be few. For a dream comes through much activity, and a fool's voice is known by his many words. A fool lacks reason because a fool does not use their reasoning, and so they do not think about matters. They look, or nor do they look into them in any depth. As a result, a fool tends to be led by their emotions. They trust that what they feel must be right. Proverbs 28, verse 26, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoever walks wisely will be delivered. It follows that because fools are focused on their emotions, that they tend to focus on pleasures. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 4 says, The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. Now, a fool also acts confident. They are indeed self-confident, but at the same time, because they are emotionally led, they tend to get angry very easily. Proverbs 14, verse 16 says, A wise man fears and departs from evil, but a fool rages and is self-confident. Fools oftentimes are overcome with the emotion of anger. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 9, Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. I suspect the reason for that is it's easier to get angry at somebody than to try to reason with them. Reasoning takes work and it takes thought. It takes trying to understand the other person's position. A foolish person goes beyond wanting to reason with someone. They want it their way and so they respond in anger. Proverbs 20, verse 3, it is honorable for a man to stop striving, since any fool can start a quarrel. Since the foolish person gives in to anger, they will often pick fights with their object of anger. Proverbs 18, verse 6 says, a fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calls for blows. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. Then there's the foolish person who instead of trying to solve their problems, they stew in their anger, they hide their feelings, and they spend their time plotting how to backstab their perceived opponent. Take a look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 18. Whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. This is not talking about being restrained in your speaking when you're angry. In fact, the very next verse says, he who restrains his lips is wise. What this is talking about is the person who holds in their anger, maintains a grudge against someone, and plots to get even. 
You ever notice fools are also arrogant? If you haven't gotten the idea yet, a person with a foolish nature bound to be arrogant. They think they are superior to those that are around them. Another foolish position that some people take is to make fun of sin because they do not believe they are guilty of it. Proverbs 14 verse 9 tells us, Fools mock at sin, but among the upright there is favor. In reading that proverb, you probably immediately think of Luke 18 verse 11. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The foolish person doesn't believe that something is sinful or that they are guilty of sin. Instead, they make a mockery of the seriousness of sin. In fact, sin to a fool is almost like a sport. It's a game. How close can they get without going over the line that they imagine is there? Take a look at Proverbs 10, verse 23. To do evil is like sport to a fool, but a man of understanding has wisdom. They get a kick out of it to see how much they can get away with. Like we mentioned about hiding their anger, sometimes a fool will hide what they believe. They might act religious, but when you look at their life, they do not walk the walk. In our text this morning, Luke chapter 11, look at verse 39 again. But the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees make the outside of the cup and dish clean, but your inner part is full of greed and wickedness, foolish ones. Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? Some people look on the outside like they are religious. They're all whitewashed. They look good, but they are corrupt inside and do not follow God's word. God knows both the inside and the outside, and you can't get away with that. Gary Coles wrote an illustration about this, and I'll just read a part of it here. Sam was what you might call a middle-of-the-road Christian. He saw himself as a faithful member of the local Church of Christ. However, his heart was not truly serving God, and it hadn't been for about the last 15 years. He was the kind of Christian who shows up for Sunday morning worship, maybe one Bible study a month, he did not believe it was necessary to attend every time the church assembled for worship. After all, he was a busy man. He worked 50 to 60 hours a week. He needed the weekend time to rest and to unwind, and he was usually too tired to attend every service. Besides, there was usually a good ball game on TV. God understood. If the people at the local church didn't, well, that was just tough. Besides, it boiled down to their opinions versus his. That argument had served him well down through the years. And then there is a fool that is convinced there is no God. In Psalm 53, verse 1, the fool said in his heart, 
There is no God. They are corrupt and have done abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. God looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any who understand who seek God. Every one of them has turned aside. They together have become corrupt. There is none who does good, no, not one. Why? It's because they don't think that they are responsible to anyone else but themselves. They don't act as if there is a God. They don't believe they're going to be called into judgment. Fools do not want to retain the knowledge of God. I believe that is why our society has reached the low point that we see now. In the past, people have chosen to forget about God, and the Old Testament gives us good examples. In the New Testament also, as we see in Paul's letter to the Romans, take a look at what happened to the Gentile society in Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that were made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools." It's not that the evidence isn't there. Those Gentiles were not ignorant of God, nor was their information limited to the knowledge that came from the observance of natural phenomena and the existence of conscience within man. God had manifested himself to the Gentiles repeatedly through many centuries, and their knowledge was more than sufficient to make their conduct inexcusable. Heathenism is not a primeval religion from which man might gradually have risen to the knowledge of the true God, but is, on the contrary, the result of falling away from the known original revelation of the true God and his works. The fool would rather believe the world exists without God. R.C. Bell wrote this, who close their two eyes, worship and praise, for seeing and knowing God and turn their backs on the light to walk in their own shadow. That's what fools are. Having closed the eyes of their minds, which they might have seen the invisible things of God, they fall into a state of total disability in the perception of spiritual reality. How profoundly sad is the state of people like that. They might have the highest academic degrees, perhaps occupying positions of trust and honor, possibly considered by their contemporaries as the wisest and ablest of people. But from those minds, the light has gone out and the knowledge of God has faded. Those, despite their worldly excellence, are the living dead. Verse 27 says, professing to be wise, they became fools. The persons addressed by Jesus as fools in our text today included an impressive list of the respectables. This Pharisee was doubtless hailed by his peers as wise. 
The man who built on the sand in Matthew 7, verse 26, may very well have been a respected builder. The rich farmer, we know, who mistook his body for his soul in Luke 12 and 20, was probably of high social status. And the foolish virgins of the parable in Matthew 25, verse 1 and forward, were without a doubt the cream of their society. This gives a glimpse of what Jesus meant by the term fools or foolish. Any person who does not respect the soul's deep need of salvation is foolish. Ah, yes, how wise man fancies himself. And if we hesitate to believe that, look in the dictionary and see what man is called homo sapiens, which is Latin for the wise one. Perhaps instead we should be called homo ignoramus, because apart from what God has revealed to us, we have no certain knowledge of who we are, from where we come, or to where we go. Why be a fool? We are free to choose our master. When a soul turns away from God, there remains no meaningful initiative. The soul's great option has already been exercised. The unbeliever is free to choose only among secondaries, all of which are evil. Demonstrations of this truth are continually visible in Christians who turn away from the gospel. Why be a fool? We learn from the New Testament how we are to be saved. We need to hear the word, believe in Jesus, repent of our sins confess our belief that Jesus is the Son of God, and then be baptized for the remission of our sins. We know if we follow these steps, the Lord adds us to his church. Perhaps there is someone in the assembly or online today who has that need to be buried with Christ in baptism. If you've never done these things, we urge you to do so today. If anyone has this need or desires prayers of faithful Christians on their behalf, we encourage them to come forward while we stand and sing.